You're listening to Work It Mommy, where the goal is for all women to be the best versions of themselves. And if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain your sanity while you do it. So today, I want to talk about something that I think every single mother needs to carry on her heart and on her mind every single day. And that is this question. When my child or my children grow up, what will they think of my parenting? Okay. We all have feelings, some great and some maybe not so great about the way we were raised. We all feel maybe this could have been different or maybe they did a great job here. Maybe they didn't do such a great job here about our own parents, right? And as new moms, and remember, I'm speaking to this right in the trenches with you. You know, I'm a new mom myself. And my whole point is to bring women together to talk about these topics that are so important to talk about. Things that are important to me and things that I know are important to everybody who listens to this podcast as well. So we have to think about these things, okay? Everybody has feelings about how they were raised. So in turn, our children, when they grow up, are going to have feelings about the job that we did raising them. And as moms, we are so busy being in the moment with the cooking and the cleaning and the cleaning up boo-boos and all the things that we do that we forget our little ones, their eyes and their ears are taking note of every single thing that they see and hear us do verbally, non-verbally, the actions that we engage in, the things that we do that are great, the things that we do that aren't so great, they see it. And it's becoming woven into the fabric of who they are. And then once they reach adulthood, they've got to deal with all that. Now, if we've done a good job, they can soar with it, you know, but if we really haven't taken the time or we've missed some things, there are some things that could be crippling to them as an adult. Now, I feel like when you're like a teenager or even like a late teenager into the early 20s, it's like, oh, your parents just did everything wrong. You know, they just, nothing they did was right. And then as we progress and then we have a baby ourselves and we start our own families, then we start to realize you know what? My mom did a really good job. (laughs) My mom, you know, really did some things that I respect. You know, she did some things that made me who I am today. So it's not until we get a little bit older that we appreciate those things. So we have to understand that we're not going to get that gratification or hear those words necessarily from our kids right now. We're not going to hear it as toddlers. They may say things like, mommy, I love you so much. And that's so great. You know, the toddler age, I'm just loving it right now, guys. I am absolutely loving it. Although it's tough, don't get me wrong. You know, I have some days where the score is mommy zero, toddlers 10, when they just like kick my booty up in here. Okay. But despite that, I am loving, I am absolutely loving where I am at because with toddlers, 
they just are little sponges and they love everything about mommy at this age. They love the way we talk. My, my toddler even told me, oh, mommy, I just love the way you smell. And I remember saying that to my mom, ironically enough, you know, just like everything about her. I just absolutely just sucked up at that age. And, you know, that's what is part of the toddler stage. You know, they just are just wowed by us. Okay. Even when they're having their little tantrums, they're wowed by us. But when they get into the teen years, they're able to just at the very beginning start to do more of what's called like um, a reflective, a more reflective type learning where they're actually looking at our actual actions more and how we deal with situations and then making, you know, an assessment. You know, that's really late teens, early 20s. We really don't actually get the process right or it doesn't start to really kick in until we're like in our 30s you know until like that happens or maybe you have a child something significant okay so we have to know that and we have to give our children that leeway and we have to understand that even if we do the best job that we possibly can you still may have a child that a says hey mom guess what you sucked as a parent i didn't like anything that you did and you may have a child that still, despite your best efforts, isn't able to function properly as an adult. And that's even if you do the best job that you can, okay? So there isn't a one size fits all with this. You know, our babies are gonna grow up and they're gonna feel however they feel, you know? And there's nothing we could do about it. But I do feel that there is a level of responsibility that we as mothers have to do the best job that we can. We want to for our kids. We love our children. We want to turn out a well-functioning adult at the end of this process. So we have to think about it that way. We have to understand that, hey, being a mom is fun or it might be stressful at times and we're just kind of like going along through life. But don't forget, the end goal, the test of it all is when they leave our house, can they function? Did we give them the skills that they need to make the good decisions and to function in society? That is the goal, you know? So we, we love them right now, but the end result is one day they're going to grow up and start their own life. Did we do a good job for preparing them emotionally, financially? spiritually, you know, all these things. Did we prepare them as best that we could? So again, I feel like if that is on the forefront of our minds every day as we go through motherhood and we're doing the things that we're supposed to do, it will force us to have better actions. It'll force us to do a better job. And I think just being consciously aware of the fact that, hey, I need to do a good job with my kid because one day they're gonna give me a report of what they thought you know like a real report so when they're like a teenager you kind of have to take what they say with a grain of salt but when they're like an adult and they come back and they say hey you know these things about my life that you did I have a problem with nobody wants that okay I don't want that for myself I don't want that for you you know, and again, it's not 100% unavoidable, but I strongly feel that if we do the best job possible, our children will love us for what we did, respect us, and will be able to function as adults. That is the end goal, okay? So there's a lot of things 
that we could talk about on this subject, but there are, you know, a couple of points that I wanted to touch on in this podcast just to help us be motivated as moms, to keep that motivation going, to do the best job that we can, because this is a tiring job, okay? Let's face it. (laughs) It's like a long haul job for real. And it doesn't actually end. Like you think, oh, they're gonna grow up and leave my house one day. But truth be told, they're still gonna need us for that you know, encouragement and emotional support, even as like full on adults, you know, because we still need it, right? We're still like asking mom, hey mom, oh my goodness, I, I'm a mommy now, what do I do? That's still parenting. When you call them for that advice and ask them what your next move should be, okay? So just some things to think about there. So another thing that I think that we have to accept Now, this is going to be an interesting one. We're all new moms, right? Like, I'm a new mom, too. And even if your baby, like, isn't, you know, like a toddler or, like, a little kid or whatever, maybe your child is a teenager or even going into early 20s right now, it's still your first time in that place with your child. It's still your first time being the parent of a toddler, of a teen, of a young adult. It's still your first time. So we have to understand this fact. We don't actually know how to be parents, right? This is our first time doing it. We don't actually know. And it's okay because guess what? Our parents didn't actually know either, right? So I'm not saying that to make us think like, oh yeah, I I really don't know what I'm doing. That's okay. What I'm saying is, is just like a job, right? You maybe have your first day of work. You apply for the job, okay? and you get hired, all right, and they accept you. So, you know, think of the application process as your pregnancy. So you're like, all right, something's coming. I know I'm going to get the job. Boom, you deliver the baby. That's, you got hired at your job, right? And then now, usually at the job, what happens? Once you get hired, they set you up for something. Starts with a T. It's called training, right? They set you up with training. Once you had that baby at the hospital, Who set you up with training? It was like that boss that you've had. And I'm sure everybody listening has had a job where they give you no training at all. They just like, bam, there you go. Do the job, no training. And we're going to yell at you if you don't get the job right. And you're just like, I've had no training. How am I supposed to do this? But then oftentimes you find that that trial by fire gave you exactly what you needed to be successful. So all moms are under a trial by fire. We don't have all the directions, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. All we have to do though, is a couple of things. For one, we have to be willing to accept the fact that we don't actually know a lot of things about being a parent and then seek out information. We're going to have to train ourselves. Okay. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're in this journey with me. We're in the trenches together, girly, because we're figuring it out together. And I think listening to podcasts is a great way to just listen to what's going on with other moms, other parents, what's available, what resources are out there. Okay. So that's a great way taking in good information. Okay. So again, We have to see the need to educate ourselves, just like when we started that first job. We're going to just need this training. So now, let me talk about three other things that we really have to do to kind of start us on this path 
to being that great worker, right? Being a good mom. Number one, we got to take responsibility. No matter how our child came into our lives, they're here now, they're our responsibility. It's nobody else's responsibility, okay? We're the mom, we birthed them. And while there's many people who can be a great key and a great support, I know for me, this is my baby. These are my babies. And I am going to do all that I can to make sure my children have the skills and everything that they need to be emotionally supported, okay? So you have to take responsibility. And sometimes we're just tired and it's easy to say, oh, I'm just going to let them do what they want. You know, we just get, and you got to have those days. You know, we're also in a pandemic, okay? So maybe they're going to get some extra screen time or maybe they get to play with their toys some more or whatever. But at some point you have to say, okay, I can't, you know, week after week, day after day, year by year, not be an active parent. Just like letting your kids do whatever they want, not teaching them things like how to share, how to talk to people, you know, um, how to be a good person. These are things that we are responsible for as parents, okay? And two things are going to happen if we don't take responsibility. Number one, we're going to fail our child. So they're going to grow up with not having the skills that they need to, to thrive in that way, to be a good person, and they're going to suffer. So once they come into adulthood, you know, all the cuteness has weared off and everyone's like, okay, we're all adults now, let's proceed. And they're going to struggle. They're not going to be able to keep up with others, so to speak, or be in a place where they are stable emotionally. And that's really not what we want, okay? And then the second thing that's going to happen, which, you know, there's some things that happen that shouldn't, but you're going to also be negatively judged by others. You don't want to be the mom where every single time your child enters a room, everybody's like, oh my goodness, there she is. Is she going to break down the whole place? Is she going to have like five tantrums and scream and throw and break stuff in my house? You know, is she not going to play nice with the other kids and say please and thank you? You don't want that. You don't want that for yourself. You don't want people to feel that way about you. Um, it just isn't good for you either when people have this negative view of your child, you know? Um, and again, I'm talking about just parenting here. I'm not talking about any type of limitations that are out of control. Some kids are just bad they just have bad behavior, you know, maybe there are other issues going on and things that are out of our control. And that's okay, we just have to deal with it. But, you know, if everything's lined up, right, and you're able, you know, there is a difference when you are able to to be an active parent, and then you don't. And so then you're going to have this type of feeling that's going to lead to low self esteem for you. And then you're not going to even want to be inclined to, to push yourself to get out there with your child even more. So definitely taking responsibility for being a parent, okay? Then again, you have to have that desire and be thinking at the end game, just like any major corporation. And I know all my entrepreneur moms can understand this. Every, con every big organization has an exit strategy. So it's like, okay, we're going to do all this stuff for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And then when we're kind of at the end, this is how the results should be. So they take all these steps 
to come to a calculated result. And we can have that kind of approach with our kids as well, where it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this at this age, I'm gonna do that at that age. These are the life skills that I'm gonna give my child along the way, because bam, the exit strategy when they leave my home is they're gonna be able to function, okay? And that is the goal. You want them to be able to function, okay? The other thing that we have to do is we have to take responsibility to educate ourselves on parenting, okay? So we really have to say, you know what, what resources are there available for me to kind of get more things under my belt as far as parenting, how to support a baby emotionally and a toddler emotionally. You know, it could be something as simple as breastfeeding or as a teenager, how to deal with bullying or, you know, feeling left out, not fitting in. How do you actually help your child with that? Okay. So I was doing some random um, reading online. This kind of, you know, was something that came up in my head and I wanted to share because I know you guys feel a similar way. And the article, um, there's actually a couple that I'm going to share here, okay? But um, the first one, right here on a website called lifehack.org. Now, I try to really do a, a decent job of, especially for a web site that I want to share information like this on, I try to kind of say, okay, what is this? website about? Is it a .com? You know, is it just something that is used for commerce purposes only where the main goal is just going to be to kind of just inundate you with stuff to buy, you know, um, or influence your purchasing? Um, this is the .org. So really their whole thing is they have a lot of different topics um, on parenting, but it's basically just life hacks. You know, they just want to help people to live simpler, easier lives. And so I really liked um, what this particular author here, her name is Michelle A. Holm, who um, actually wrote this article. So um, she mentions a couple of things, five things that every child needs to be successful in life, right? So the first one is a reliable environment. Children need to know that they are protected as much as possible from the outside world. As they begin to develop, their senses are heightened based on what is around them. If there is constant moving around, children find it difficult to feel safe. They naturally begin to wonder why they're being moved from place to place, okay? Um, this is especially true for kids who unfortunately have to be in like foster homes. Um, it, it creates a lot of um, sometimes issues there. Um, so we could definitely be supportive of these ones. And um, believe it or not, kids love to be in places of familiarity. Kids like routines. Because remember, and I said this in an earlier podcast episode, we know about kids learning developmentally in stages that they're trying to figure out life. So the more routine you can make it, then they're like, oh, this is what life is about. Oh, this is what we do, especially at this toddler age. I'm particularly starting to notice, you know, my oldest toddler is at the point where she'll even ask like, okay, what's today's plan, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yes, what's today's plan, you know? So they really want to know what's next because again, they're trying to figure out life and that's our job to help them do that. Next is opportunities to grow. Kids will not grow unless we give them chances to learn, whether it be something like learning how to count or money or change a flat tire. It's important for kids to experience real life as it is. 
So this is something that I'm really trying to get better about because as a mom, it's like you just want to do, 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 you know, but giving a little opportunities to grow like, okay, you could do this. Like now, you know, I let her go in when sometimes we log in for our Zoom meetings and I let her get us onto that Zoom meeting. I know everyone in the Zoom meeting and it's a safe environment. So I go, okay, yeah, you could do that. And that gives her just a teeny little bit of independence or something a little toddler can can handle. And it's a good way to give her a little opportunity to grow and learn something different, okay? Connectivity. When kids are little, they find comfort in people that care for them. The ones that comfort them when they are afraid or hurt, whether it's from a simple touch to eye contact, we as a species need to feel connected to others. When kids feel disassociated from people, they are more insecure and never feel like they belong anywhere. Now, this I feel is huge because right now we're dealing with this a little bit in the pandemic, right? Like we're disconnected from people. Most stuff is happening via Zoom, which I think can be a great way to supplement some human interaction, if you will. But we got to give give some thinking to this. So, you know, there's little things that I've been doing here or there to try to work to make sure that they are connected with me and my husband and each other, but then others as well. Because I feel like this pandemic can make us all very like our little circle. Like we're only going to know or our kids are only going to know how to function just with their own families, you know, and that's great. We're getting super cozy and comfortable with each other. We're having, we're starting to have a really good time, enjoying the time, all the extra time that we have together. But the same token, though, I do want to make sure that, you know, if the pandemic ends, they are able to function with others, you know. Um, now, this is interesting. Emotionally distant adults can give children the illusion that there is something wrong with them, leaving them confused, damaging their self-esteem for a very long time. We associate ourselves as members of a tribe, also known as a family. And when we are children, especially young, they really need association, not just because, you know, not just about being cared for. It's also part of their identity. They need to feel like they belong somewhere. And of course, those feelings are going to come primarily from the family, but it could definitely come from others as well. Encouragement. This is huge. Encouragement does so much to boost your child's like want to learn. When you encourage them with learning, especially, they want to learn more and they're enthusiastic about learning. So I feel that this is a really important point. It says words and, and actions matter to young children. They need positive encouragement to help them get back up. Too often, adults are quick to point out errors and shortcomings, leaving the child with only mistakes to hold on to. A child will believe whatever is said to them most at this point. Okay, Optimism shared with the child can make the biggest difference. Giving a kid permission to keep going when he or she wants to quit. The boost we give our children supports who they are. By celebrating their individuality, along with their gill and talents and gifts, we inspire a generation where possibility and dreams live vividly, okay? So that is huge, okay? So we really have to be our child's biggest encouragement. You know, we want to boost them on, want to be great role models for them. And we want them to know that you know, no matter what, we're there for them. 
type of thing. We just have to encourage, encourage, encourage. When they do good things, especially just, oh my goodness, good job, little one. I'm so proud of you. That encouraged me so much. And let them know how they encourage you too. I'm finding that my oldest toddler is really responding well to that. Oh, you taught mommy something new. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. Or she gives me a compliment. That encouraged me so much. Thank you so much, sweetie. Get little hugs, you know, and any time that you can find to hug and kiss your child and tell them that you love them, say it. You can't overstay it. Even if they get sick of hearing it, they may get sick of it now, but they're going to remember it when they get an adult. I say it constantly all day, all day, every day. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I love you too, if you're listening. Okay. So now, Problem solving skills. Okay, this is another huge one. We're not going to be able to fix everything she says, but in order for kids to learn how to think and come up with solutions to everyday issues, they must be allowed to do so. Our role is not to come in and change everything for the best for them. It is, you know, going to be this a big disservice to them by not allowing them to pick themselves up sometimes and put themselves back together you know, whether they forgot their homework, you know, or whatever it is, they need to be able to figure out how to get through problems, okay? And that could be something as small as, you know, how do you get along with your sibling? Or, you know, how do you do your math homework, you know? Or, hey, I didn't do a good job on this. I've upset someone. How do I fix someone that I've upset? You know, maybe they upset one of their little friends. What do you do? That's a huge one. You know, teaching kids how to get along with each other, how to solve that problem. That is something that I strongly feel that many adults act the way they act because they never learned as a child how to get over communication problems. Okay. And so they just do avoidance. They get awkward, you know, they disappear. And instead of working through their problems, and that is something, if they don't have good problem solving skills, not only will it affect their like jobs, you know, if they'll be able to get and keep a job, but it will mostly affect their relationships. If they can't solve problems, if they don't know, okay, I've got to make a sacrifice here to, you know, make this project happen or to make my family member happy they're not going to, they're not going to be able to function. Okay. And they got to also know when, okay, I've done my job here. Now I've got to tell this other person, they got to meet me halfway, how to solve problems. Okay. As a child grows into adulthood, these five things never disappear. Okay. These skills, we're all using them now as adults. These are life skills that they need. Okay. And remember, Unrestricted behavior as it relates to life's hiccups allow moments for us to figure out how to be successful. Failures are going to happen. So don't try to shield the child from failures. Just try to help them to get through their failures. How, do you, how can you overcome this next time? How can you do a better job next time? How can you set yourself up for success with this particular thing that you're dealing with so that next time you know you have a better experience? This is the type of stuff we have to teach, okay? It's so important. Now, um, I always really love to consult the CDC. Um, a lot of people don't realize that the CDC is a database of, it's just so immense. It's some of the leading scientists in all these different fields of study 
from health, of course, to even human behavior, psychology. There's a ton of information on the CDC website regarding children and babies. And what you're going to get when you search that website is not just someone's opinion, but a collection of scientific data and um, people who are true professionals, you know, that have been very well vetted because this is on a .gov. And in an episode, I'll definitely explain like what's the difference between a .com website and .gov and a .edu and a .org because I think if moms really understood that, they would be able to understand where to get good information from. Okay, and that's a good thing to understand as being a mom. Okay, but that part portion is for another day. Now, what I wanted to share with you from the CDC website on this particular topic is this, early brain development and health. The early years of a child's life are very important for later health and development. One of the main reasons is how fast the brain grows starting from birth and continuing into early childhood. Although the brain continues to develop and change into adulthood, the first eight years build a foundation for future learning, health, and life success, okay? Now, I'm going to say that again. The first eight years can build a foundation for future learning, health, and life success. This is what's on the CDC website. This is what a group of scientists collaboratively have to say on this subject. So then how do you feel about that information? That information should motivate us to say, hey, this is, this is important. This is something that I need to understand. This is something that I need to implement. This isn't just one person's opinion. This is information that's backed by scientific study, okay? So now they list three things in this body of work, okay, that you need to do. How well a brain develops depends on many factors in addition to genes, and these are the things that they list. Proper nutrition starting in pregnancy. That is another thing that a lot of us overlook is our pregnancy nutrition, myself included. I thought I was doing a really good job, but as I'm learning even more, now I knew that going in, that my nutrition needed to be good, but mm, there are a couple of things I could have done better, okay? Exposure to toxins and infections, okay? Also the child's experiences with other people and the world, okay? So these three things actually affect brain development in the first eight years of our child's life. So especially this last one, the child experiences with others. So let's think if our child is growing up in a home where it's constant turmoil, there's never a good day. All of us are going to have bad days. I'm not saying, oh, you can never yell in your household. We, we get it. We know, you know, we're not supposed to yell and everything like that. But there's a difference between an argument a couple of times a week or once a month, then constant turmoil, you know, displacement, abuse, neglect, that affects a person for the rest of their lives, okay? So we as moms, we wanna make sure that we're doing our job here the best that we can. So now this is something else I like that CDC has to say here. Nurturing and responsive care for the child's body and mind is key to supporting healthy brain development. Positive or negative experience can add up to shape a child's development 
and can have lifelong effects. To nurture their children's body and mind, parents and caregivers need to support and need, need the support and the right resources. The right care for children starting from birth and continuing through childhood ensures that the child's brain grows well and reaches its full potential. The CDC is working to protect children so that their brains have a healthy start. That's beautiful. Okay. And this is one of the missions of the CDC. So again, there's tons of mom blogs, you know, it's like, you know, healthyparent.com or kid, but whatever. There's tons of information out here, but this is something to take note of guys. Okay. There is a difference between like a parenting magazine article and what the CDC, NIH, WHO have to say. Okay. Um, so again, this is a really great article and it does grow on. It even talks about um, the effects of extreme chronic stress and brain development um, for young children under the age of eight. Okay, so I would definitely recommend that you take a look at this entire article. I would definitely recommend getting familiar with the CDC website on this topic and you can use it for so many topics. Um, and just getting some good information in. But this one was definitely one that I felt was a great share. So the next website that I want to take you to is on jw.org. There's a really good article there that kind of talks about how to provide parental guidance to your child. And I like what this one parent had to say. It says, young people often make decisions based on their limited experience, and that can lead to disaster. But with parental guidance, they can get a broader perspective on things, and that will help them to make good decisions, okay? And um, this is another point that I like that another couple made. It says, do things that your children are interested in, even if it might not be what you want to do. Enjoy their company, be confident, and be an example. Children should know that you have their best interests at heart. Okay, this is what Courtney and her husband Eric said. And the, the first one that I read was from Wendell and his wife Susan. So that's great examples, great things that um, those two groups of parents said. It's so important that, you know, we're there for our kids and we feel, you know, or they feel that, you know, we have a true interest in them. When kids feel that we have an interest in stuff that they're interested in, boy, it just lights up their world. And even as adults, we feel that way when our parents care about stuff that's important to us, right? Um, so just a quick little, you know, a little bit more information here from this website on how to provide that parental guidance for our children. It says, keep your connection to your child strong. Peers can provide friendships, but they should never replace your role as a parent, okay? Remember, we talked about taking that responsibility in the beginning of this podcast. And then the second point that they make is do not rely on peer friendships only. While peer friendships might help a child appear to get along with others, peers do not provide a wide range of friendship and peers do not provide the guidance and the leadership that parents can best provide. So again, I think, to do that, you know, especially with like a teenage child, you're going to have to be interested in some of the stuff that they're interested in, like the one parent explained, because they need to be familiar with you and feel like they just, 
that you're kind of cool, you know, a little bit. They still have that respect for you, but you got to be relatable to them in that way for them to really see your friendship as, as just that, as a true friend, as well as a parent, okay? So the next thing it lists is provide wise guidance. Even as they grow older, your children can benefit greatly by spending time with you. So again, spending time with our kids is just invaluable. You know, that's really what kids crave. And when they can spend quality time with us and we're giving them the things that are gonna help them function as adults, they value it. They like it, they crave it. And the more you do it, the easier it will become, okay? All right, ladies, I hope that you have enjoyed um, this random uh, dialogue that I'm doing here, but I always try to remember I'm talking to myself, but there are people listening, <laughs> okay? So, um, and just remember that I am right there with you in the trenches. As I mentioned, I'm a mom of toddlers and regardless of how old your child is, it's still your first time at that age and that stage with your child. So regardless, this is great for all mothers to have. And even if you're not a mom, maybe you are a person of influence in a child's life. Maybe you are an aunt or, you know, maybe you are another type of caregiver. Maybe you're even a babysitter or a nanny, okay? This is still great information because you want to help this child get to a good point when they become an adult. And it takes guidance from the parents first and foremost, but also the community as well. All right, ladies, I hope that this episode has motivated you to be the best mom ever, of course, right? Because that's what we are trying to do here with this podcast is motivate each other to be the best moms ever. All right. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.